I tried to host all my AI stuff myself. It's hell. I got set up on my own server, working, connected and everything. But then suddenly you think, oh, but I need to scale it. Because AI works only single-threaded. So it only runs once. You cannot just like put a few processes out of it. So just use API providers. So you pay you pay five times more for the aid for the API, but you save two, three weeks of your time while someone else could have launched. That time is already worth all the money. Like you don't wanna you don't wanna go cheap on that. You're listening to the Yo Podcast with Rob Hope. Danny Posma is a Dutch developer, maker, and landing page specialist currently residing in Bali, Indonesia. In 2020, he paired his landing page expertise with a new passion for programming to launch Headline, an AI-powered headline generator for marketers. Fast forward a roller coaster seven months of building in public with several product iterations, Danny sold Headline for a US dollar seven figures. Now, financially independent, Danny spends his time building where his AI curiosity leads and has landed up working on StockAI.com and ProfilePicture.ai full-time. We rap about artificial intelligence trends, the shady lifetime deal black market, if dot-com domains are worth the investment, and the most common mistakes people are making with their landing pages. Yo, Danny, welcome to the show, my man. What's up? Thank you for inviting me and having me here. Your hometown, Groningen, is known as the World Cycling City. Around 50% of its residents commute using a bicycle. I hear cyclists have priority over everyone in the whole of Holland. This is true. Mate, there is not even cars allowed in the city center of my country. So I guess priority, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not even allowed to go there with your car. <laughs> it's, it's really nice. It's way different than Bali for sure. That's great. I mean, in South Africa, we have this hierarchy, which is like mini bus, bus taxi, BMWs, trolleys, <laughs> yeah. then cyclists right at the bottom, dude. So, dude, you need to come to South Africa. We need a jam, and I know it's on your list. Yep, for sure. Definitely on the list. Okay, so let's just get right into a fun intermission. It's called Overrated, Underrated. I'm going to give you a topic, a brand, a person, and all you need to do is quick fire back if you think it's overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Bring it on. Peter Levels. Underrated. Copyright laws. Properly rated. Twitter. Uh, underrated. Elon Musk. Uh, overrated. Speciality today. Puffer cheese. Underrated. <laughs> Dot com domains. Underrated. You need that. Changu. Mm, overrated by far. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Figma. Um, uh, I guess properly rated. Yeah. Chat GPT. Overrated. Working in public. Mm, underrated. Formula One. Overrated. The metaverse. Uh, overrated. Crypto. I say overrated. Let's keep it at that one. And finally, artificial intelligence. Underrated. So you made 50,000 US dollars in your first two weeks with profilepicture.ai. Mm-hmm. How is it doing right now? It's absolutely, well, it's still it's still going on, but margins have been absolutely going to shit since Lensa is offering it for $2.99 now, which is under the cost, and they're using it as a loss leader. So they're basically being the Amazon of AI at the moment. Oh, man. But still going on. A few dozens of sales a day and working on the next project now because avatars are going to be commoditized. We've got a question here from Jay Neil Delal from the Design MBA podcast. You were one of the early movers with uh, ProfilePicture.ai and you made money and other people are seeing your success and they're creating clones. Eventually, there'll be a lot of clones that I feel it might affect your bottom line. So how do you uh, foresee that? Is it more of like in the short term, you're trying to max out how much money you can make or you feel like long term, uh, this could be something that can bring you a sustainable source of revenue? I mean, the, I think I'm, I got lucky that I chose the profile picture name because there's quite a lot of SEO traffic searching for people for profile pictures. So long-term, there's going to be sales, but this whole avatar thing, there's like hundreds of apps in the app store right now. It's it's all going to be fun now. Everyone's posting it on social media, but after Christmas, everyone's going to be done with this. Like no one wants to see this in the feed anymore. So yeah, you got to milk it now. You got to get the revenue out and then build the product based on what people really want. And that's going to be the, the future sustainable one. So how do you get a competitive advantage when you're using open source models, especially when sharing them with funded competitors who can run at a loss, like you were saying, to gain early market share? How do you get this edge? I think you can look at Jasper.ai, the, the company I sold my, I sold headline.com to. 
I mean, they all use the same tech. They all use the same AI, like copy.ai, Lex, and whatever all these new hip AI writers are. I think they're looking at how I see the team is they are really good at marketing and their UI is really, really freaking crisp. So if everyone's using the same tools, yeah, you need to market it and you need to have a nice tool because your only differentiator are both those two. So if your UI sucks, like why would anyone use your tool if they can just go to someone else? I want to make a massive shout out to our new sponsor, Lemon Squeezy, who will be supporting the Yo! podcast throughout 2023. Lemon Squeezy is the best payment platform I've found to help creators easily sell digital products. Whether you're selling a SaaS or ebook, the platform can accept payments instantly. You don't even need a website to start earning. What's great about Lemon Squeezy sponsoring the podcast is I've been a huge fan since day one and use them to sell several of my own side hustles. I sell my private landing page audits with once-off pricing. I sell digital products needing license keys to access support. And I even sell annual subscriptions to website template authors wanting to promote their templates. The user interface is beautiful. The product is always improving. And best of all, they are merchant of record, meaning they handle the painful part of EU tax laws for you. So check out lemonsqueezy.com if you'd like to save a ton of time and focus on leveling up your online offering. I saw some people on Twitter talking about how, you know, you were a first mover with levels and then all of a sudden they came in and then they took over all the hype and made everything cheaper. But surely it's fair game when they've spent the millions and in investing in the team. They've got all their distribution channels like locked. I mean, they've been building their, for example, like Glenn said, they built their app six, six years ago. So they already had millions and millions and millions of people have the app. You just put a push message out there and be like, hey, you can make your magic avatars now. Like they had the distribution. It's like overnight. I, I guess the mistake I made is I don't know how to make mobile apps. I should have built a mobile app in the first week, hired someone to build it because all these search interests is now on the app store. Like people are not Googling for it anymore. Look at all these apps. They like they have so many downloads uh, and I'm not on the app store. So I miss out on all of them. That's so interesting. So a few weeks back, you gave yourself around 10 days to learn to build a React, React app so you could compete here in the mobile space. Yep. So too late, but still good learning? I mean, I, I, when, when all this hype is over and I've, I've, I've most time over, I would love to learn how to build the app. I got pretty far. But I think now the hype is over. Like, it's a waste of time. I need to focus on SEO now. Be the first in that market. So I know you sort of swung back into, you know, the stockai.com project. And you said you've had a few eureka moments. And I've got a bigger question here. Do you feel that if you stayed still after the Lenza news dropped, they were making a million dollars a day, and, and you, you went offline and you processed everything, do you feel like you would have got to the same place as now with this eureka moment? versus if you're like i'm building a mobile app in 10 days i'm staying proactive no but this is like this is the most the most interesting and most fun part of startups like when it happened to me with headline i got cloned people copied me and i was like i could have i felt shit for like a day two days i'm like fuck i finally built something and then people clone it people stealing it this is this is bullshit but headline version 2.0 would never have been built. And for everyone listening to this, headline is a GPT-3 AI copywriter that I sold two years back. Without like all the clones, I wouldn't have the, the drive to build the actual product. I would have just sit down, got the money in, probably chill, uh, maybe never feel like uh, motivated to build the next app. So this is, this is like the moments where you... And Lensa, they, they're going so hard. Like I've, I'm learning so many things of it. I had my wife, she went to contact a shit ton of influencers and let them post uh, on their social media, which got a massive amount of traffic. So that's something we got out of our comfort shell, tried out those things. I need to do app building. So it, like you learn a lot of those from those moments. So rewinding a little, you sold, you know, Headline, your 2020 project for, you know, a solid seven figure US dollar amount. And I've seen you mention on Twitter multiple times, you're not financially independent. What exactly does that mean? And what did you do with the money? I mean, I reckon it's like you don't have to work anymore. So you don't have to do things you don't like. So for me, this startup adventure is mostly focusing on like the nice things. Before, when I didn't have it, I was always stressing, making like decisions based on short-term things instead of long-term things. Um, and now it's basically like you can focus, learn new things. Um, yeah. 
So chill in that way. Most of the money, I, I, I haven't done anything. I think I bought a new laptop from it <laughs> and bought a house. That's about it. I invested everything of it. Uh, I don't see it as money for me. I see that as money as retirement to pay out the dividends with. And now with these new startups, it's more as a motivation to live like a nicer life now uh, as like a the financials are already there. Now earn the money to have like a more comfortable life fly back home more often for example stuff so would you say you were conservative with your money (laughs) my parents would be proud (laughs) (laughs) so so what financial advice do you have for anyone else walking out of a sweet exit and furthermore in hindsight do you have would have you negotiated anything different with um jasper i know you have a non-compete until 2024 so i got i was really burned out when i sold it so i really wanted to get it over with so i i didn't do much financial advice i'm happy i hired a lawyer to actually check my contracts to make sure there's like certain passage in there to make it extra solid but I should have said that like tax-wise you want to consult someone before you're selling a company not after you're selling a company uh so yeah, hire and contact people who've done it before. Maybe even with negotiations, because I basically just called the number. They were like, okay. And then we went through it. Like I could maybe have gotten double, um, but not complaining, man. It went fast. I sold it within three weeks. I worked for them for one week. And after four weeks, it was done. That's absolutely brilliant. So, so since you gave half to your government, how many bike lanes do you think you made? So actually, <laughs> man, yeah, it's actually 50%. No, we're... we're um, we're contesting it with the government now because I haven't been in Holland for four years. Okay. And Dutch government basically says, if you have been out of the country for six months, you're not a tax resident anymore. So we're fighting that. So I hope to keep it. It's been two years. I don't know yet. So it's all locked up on a fucking bank account. <laughs> that, could, that could be some good news. Fingers crossed, man. Yo, this is Drew from Trends VC. I'm coming up next on the Yo podcast. So hit that subscribe button. We got a question here from Ernest Mulders. One of the projects after Headline was Web3 related, which didn't become a big success if I'm correct. With all the recent success for the AI related stuff, are you still a believer on Web3? And would you attempt something new in that field or isn't it indie ready yet? So what I loved about it is that it's it's programmable money. Uh, Basically it's on the blockchain, you can move money, you can have it interact with things, you can have ownership, which is amazing for being able to build all these kind of different projects have a certain ownership, have people create together in a company. The thing that I found out after four or five months in is it's, you cannot update a smart contract. So if you put in one buck and people put in like millions of dollars and there's one leak, they're going to lose all the money. So it's like, if you are an entrepreneur like me and you like to ship within one day, you like built an app in 30 days. Like it took me three months to get one smart contract out because I had to do the security for it. Like it was so slow that I went, it just went mental for me. I was like, this is not for me, man. This is not fast enough. I need to, I need to find something else, which makes sense because you don't want to like let people lose their money. You need a good contract. I want to break into a second intermission. It's called no context. So you simply shoot back either of the two options I give you, I'm not going to give you any context. You don't have to explain anything. You just give me one of the two options. You got it. Been hearing it on the podcast. Let's see how I do on it. Nando's or Nasi Garang? Nando's. Double Bagus or buy a lekker? Double Bagus or lekker, 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 of course. I did some research here. Ether or Bitcoin? Oh, yo, 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 yo. Um, <laughs> Ether. I'm going to get killed for this. Webflow or Framer? Webflow. Crypto craze or AI craze? AI craze. Um, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare or Black Ops? Black Ops. Triarch for the win. Puffer cheese or Stroopwafel? Man, you're killing me with these questions. I have to... People keep sending me... Okay, no context. Puffer cheese. No context. Scooters or motorbikes? Uh, Motorbikes. Apple or Hugging Face? Apple. MRR or open source? Open source. Oh, that's some hesitation if I ever heard one. And yeah, <laughs> even though even 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 though I don't do it myself, we cannot live without these people. Yeah, no respect. Okay, so if I got my calculations correct, you are leasing stockai.com domain for three hundred dollars a month on a five-year contract. That's eighteen thousand dollars tell me a little bit more about domain leasing is this changing the game so i didn't know about this i i just thought like okay you got copy.ai stock ai would be an amazing name for a stock photo website that does ai it's like super sharp super crisp the domain name was 20k i was like yeah this is this is mental 
Then I went to the website and said, you can pay it in 60 installments, 60 months, and you only pay $300. And I was like, this her name is brilliant. Yeah, it's a banger. If this ID doesn't work, if it's like that, it, I, if I cannot validate it, I literally paid for two months of domain name for six hundred dollars. I don't like. I don't have to extend it. I can cancel it any time and I lose the domain name. I just I get the domain name after sixty months. Then it's mine after paying everything off. So if it's a successful business, you can make millions with it. Yeah, then twenty k for a good brand name is great. If it doesn't work, you only lost like a few hundred bucks. So I was like, this is this is genius. There's no 12-month contract on that. It's just minimum monthly on monthly. I can literally be now, okay, guys, I'm done. I don't want it anymore, and I don't have to pay anymore. And the guy gets the domain name back. He can lease it out again to someone else. Um, that's how it works. It's it's crazy to think that the, let's just call the cost price on that .com $20 a year. Like the guy who's got that is now leasing it. He get a 300 there. He, he launches it for one month, and six months later, he gets another 300 That is the... The biggest passive income probably existing in the online hustle right now. I mean, it's digital real estate without having to do any up updates of your like upgrades of your house. Do you feel dot coms are still worth investing in? I remember when you upgraded headline.io to headline.com. How much was that dot com? Three K and I thought it was expensive. I mean, at the time, it was a lot because it was 10% of the money I earned with it. I was like, I'm crazy for doing this. I was asking my friends, like, am I, am I nuts? And they were like, yeah, that's a bit expensive. Because my top Google query was headline.io, headline.io. Like, people didn't know what my domain name was. No as. So they would just Google headline.com, like, com on Google. So I was like, I just need to get, like, security.com domain name. That's wild. Because you're missing out money, man. So, so do you think, you know, in hindsight, rewinding, looking macro, do you feel that if you continued on the IO domain, do you feel your exit would have been influenced? Well, someone could have stolen the .com domain name. I built a competitor on it or whatever. Plus an IO domain. Yeah. They didn't buy me for my domain name. So I don't know, not sure if this instance, it made a difference, but I think for a lot of companies, it would make a difference for sure. Do you feel like there's a whole bunch of VCs just skimming product hunt, filtering good, good dot coms? Like these guys are serious. These guys are serious. These guys aren't serious. They have a dot net or dot IO. I wouldn't know because uh, you, you can start with a dot IO and then upgrade to a dot com. So that, that would actually be your advice, right? Yeah. But so there was someone on Twitter, uh, Damon, he, he bought his dot IO domain name because his, his company is testimonials.so. And people kept going to the IO and dot com website. Like he, he, he literally bought the dot IO domain name for 30K. He put an affiliate link on it and then basically earned the money back from people mistyping already because he could calculate how much money he got from people typing in the wrong URL. So it was worth it for him to pay the 30K as a business. That's insane. 30, that's the most expensive .io of all time probably. Which is mental for a .io. Yeah. So I, other than stockai.com, what's the best domain name you still own? I think I'm using all my domain names. I don't, I don't think I have. I have one domain name. And I need to find a company for it because I have a fucking brilliant domain name idea. I, got, I can get a .com for 3K. It's such an amazing follow-up for Headline. I just have to find a company that I can put on top of it and then purchase it. I'm not going to say it here because someone's going to poach it. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe have an update in one year when I purchase it. Yeah, someone will purchase it. But names are so important because I hear so many people because my company was called Head, Headline instead of Headline. It's the same name, right? It was such a group bearing. Like people were telling me, like, oh, this I heard this podcast and people were talking about talking about headline. And every time in my head I heard headline, headline. So it was stuck in there. Like people kept hearing that word. So I love the branding, dude. Branding is everything, man. Profilepicture.ai uses artificial intelligence to transform your profile images into a magical collection of avatars. You simply upload images of yourself and the service then produces over 120 stylized images covering fun genres like anime, lo-fi, cartoon, rockstar, ancient warrior, and dozens more. Head over to profilepicture.ai to experience over 100 new characters of yourself. So, so what I really admire about you is your ability to brush off a rough launch. You know, I've seen you fail flat and I've seen you rise high all in public. What advice do you have for listeners nervous to build up their next launch in public? Man, you, sh you should just launch it instantly. So the thing is, yeah, it sucks. Okay, me and Peter got cloned hundred times, but if we didn't ship it in public, like no one knew about the product. Um, 
how are you gonna if you if you're too scared that people clone your product, your product's never never gonna take off. And once people see it takes off, then people are gonna clone it anyway. And the second part is like, yeah, Lensa would have launched it anyway. Like it's not like they copied us from from Twitter. So you might want to stay a bit quiet about like the secret sauce. Like me and Peter are not we're not telling any AI tricks and that's kind of things. That's like the secret sauce right now. I share the revenue in the beginning because it always ends up with a lot of engagement. So I love to do those posts a little bit, but now I'm more quiet about it. I won't say anything about SEO tactics, stuff like that. But if you keep quiet, man, like no one is going to buy your product. Don't be, don't be afraid. It, no, no one's going to copy a bad product. So Yeah, fair play. And I'm just thinking how many times you, everyone making online slightly pivots. And you cannot pivot when you're coding in isolation. It's just like you fixated on one idea and then you are grafting to make this perfect one idea. But the chance that you're actually going to, that's going to be your like product at the end of the day is like zero. Zero. So you might, might as well just start pivoting. Yep. You, the only way you know what to build is by listening to customers. Like I launched a headline, but it was a headline generator and people were telling me after I launched it, like you need to add emails, you need to add Facebook ads. And then suddenly someone was like, hey, you should generate it with GPT-3 fuck knows what I was going to build. It was all my customers like building it. Like You need to, you, you cannot just build in a secret for a year because you don't know. And then it's too late. Hey friends. Wow. It is so good to be back. I wanted to quickly share. There's a brand new Yo podcast website and a spicy new domain, yo.fm. So over on the episode pages, you can browse all the links to the products and services mentioned in each interview. There's also topic timestamps, there's transcriptions. It's honestly one of the best websites I've ever made. I'm super proud of it, but also open to feedback. I want it to be one of the best podcast websites out there. So please keep sending feedback. Okay, let's head back in. So we've got a pricing question here from Katie from Australia. Hi, Danny. I've just started programming, but would love to build up something to help generate extra income. Do you have any advice for helping me work out if slogging on monthly recurring revenue or easier one-off pricing is the best way to start? Well, if you go for long term, then definitely go for MRR because those that money cups keeps coming in, keeps coming in and you don't have to keep doing marketing if your churn is low. But I've been noticing, I've been switching a lot of products to one-time payments because it's so much easier to get sales. I even think that if you, I started, I started Stock AI with a subscription and I got like 10 subs versus now one-time payment. Like people can try it faster. You will figure out what customers want and what they don't want. So I think if you want to validate an idea, make it a one-time payment. The same with headline, one-time payment. And then I added subscriptions later. Like you want to figure out. But is that lifetime? Yeah lifetime and then i added subscription like you can you want to get people into your startup have them talk about it and if it's an expensive exp- subscription it's not going to work so maybe start with a one-time payment then once you edit the features that people really want you pivoted your product to what people think you should go to then add a subscription to it yeah it's basically like your your core fans are now your actual investors yeah and you know what they were the ones that took the risk surely that's okay for them to get rewarded for their entire lifetime it's only going to be like a micro percent of your customers at the end of this road careful though if you sell your company and you have lifetime deals they're not going to be that happy and they might stalk you for the rest of your life so so uh, they, let's go there quick <laughs> let's go there quick like what what happened to your lifetime customers with headline so i need i, I negotiated with the, the guys who bought me that headline was going to stay online lifetime deals should be there they get the same plan and headline has been online two years later uh, still so these people they paid 49 dollars. they got five years of a gpt3 copywriter for 49 dollars so that's $1 a month on average. So I think it's an amazing deal. But people were like, you're a sellout. This is always what happens. You can't do this. What about your customers? And I was like, fuck, you got a really good product. And I added so many features. It's a good deal, man. Look, I think the difference is they see it in this investment. And they they want to, there's a black market of lifetime deals. This is, this is like the, the really niche lifetime deal people. They, they sell it. So I knew... People who bought the $49 plan, they sold it for thousands of dollars on Facebook marketplaces to other people because they saved a monthly fee, right? Wow. So they see it as investment. So I guess like some of them bought like 20, 30 subscriptions, lifetime deals to sell later on. That's wild. This is like, this is a fucking stock market. This man. is almost like Ticketmaster level. <laughs> yeah. Where people are just buying tickets and they're just sitting on them and then reselling them at 20x. So then I understand that you're kind of annoyed that the company gets acquired like eight months in. You have all these lifetime plans. But then on the other side, this is 
fully against the terms of service, right? So tell me quick about the market. Like, you, did you did you pick this up when you were in the co-working space in Changu or like with the guys? How do you find out about this? I had this guy follow me on Twitter and he posted it on Facebook and then it went, and I had like 300 followers on Twitter. This was before I launched, this was my first real product that took off and he posted it in one of those lifetime Facebook because I just I just read Influence by Robert Cialdini. I was like, I'm going to use all the influence tactics on this thing. I was like, lifetime deal, scarcity, whatever. And then I didn't know there was a lifetime. I didn't even know what AppSumo was. So they shared it on there. And like I got pulled into the Facebook groups and then people messaging me. So I like I kind of learned like the ins and outs of it. It was mind-blowing. It's like this whole, yeah, this whole industry, free selling software. Would you say it's a, like a million-dollar industry that people are, are working full-time on with their teams? Yeah. I bet there's like, I think there's people who have like hundreds and hundreds of lifetime deals. And some of them, they like they were known. This is just so funny. Sapier used to do lifetime deals, so there are people who still own lifetime deals to Sapier, which sells them for like twenty thousand dollars to big companies. Oh my word! Because those big companies, they use like massive amount of SAPs, right? Mm. Which is expensive. So they purchase the lifetime deals of these people buying those Sapier lifetime deals. So this is what they hope. They hope to like have every other startup to. You only need one startup to earn back all the other investments. Let's break into final intermission. I like to call true, false, maybe. Yeah. So you just simply shoot back. No explanation needed at all. You got it. All right, let's go. Technology creates more jobs than it replaces. Maybe. I don't have the sources. Netherlands had no chance in the World Cup. <laughs> true. When you were 13, you got paid one euro 50 an hour to remove the flowers of tulips. True. You're tough, man. You're yeah, tough. I, I was gaming too much. My parents were like, get out of this house and do some actual work. And I'm 13 years old and they sent me in the fields, man. A Levels and Postma collab is imminent. Uh, maybe. You share the same birthday as Madonna. Do I? You do. True. Gathering inspiration is important to do your best work. True. That's why I'm here. Dutch clogs are basically wooden crocs. True. Horrible though. If you get cloned in Chinese, you made it. <laughs> yeah, true. 100%. Bintang is actually Heineken. True. Both horrible. <laughs> Chat GTP will severely damage Google. False. And final know. question AI scraping art without consent is a huge problem. True. Okay, we got a question here from Sasha Koss. What do you think about making money on AI models that were analytically trained without artist's consent? Ooh, how to how to go into this question? Take as much time as you want. It's spicy. Yeah, the AI models are using this data, and that's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing if you use the style of the artists. If a designer would have made it, people would say this is copied, this is a clone, this is too close to each other. Um, I don't think my profile pictures are using any AI or any art styles or selling any art styles in that sense. Um, then on the other side, the other, like playing the devil's advocate, you can think it in a such a way. How do you think a designer who makes websites comes up with his design style is also being inspired by Honda designers go somewhere in the brain and it outputs his own style out when making a design. For example, I, you know this story, I, I learned how to design one pages 10, 13 years ago from your website, One Page Love. That, that's how my style. So I'm 100% sure my design style comes from 100 designers on One Page Love and I made my own style with it. So in that sense, the AI has been trained on all these artists and comes up with his own creativity. But yeah, if, you, if you're going to prompt like Greg, what is, it, what is the most copied AI artist, Greg? This is one artist. If you just use that prompt and you make a painting in his style and you say, hey, I made this, then yeah, that's horrible. And I think it's really good that stable diffusion stability AI is going the way where they make people opt out. They're now working on their model to opt out everyone. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough topic, man. So, you know, what I saw on MKBHD when he gave his, his little take on AI was I, was, I was all like fair game, fair game, exactly like what you said. And then I started seeing some results with artist signatures, you know, in the corners. And that was like in the output. And that's scary. So like to back up what you're saying is you're saying if you offered a Van Gogh mm -hmm. style profile picture, that's not fair game anymore. 
Yeah, so I mean, that's that's basically it. Which I do actually. But I guess that's been in the public, the like in the public domain for hundreds of years. It, it has been here. Yeah. Dream booth. You can train an AI based on someone's style. There's this person who's been scraping one artist's whole style, dream boothed it, and that AI is now outputting that design. So basically, there's an AI outputting someone's creativity, what they've been working on for tens and tens and tens of years. Yeah, I would go mental because suddenly, within a day, and I totally understand the outrage. Their whole personality, their whole purpose in life got replaced by someone, some script kitty uh, training on their work and saying it's theirs. It might, must be mind-goggling. The blood, sweat, and, and tears in, that, in your art form, refining it, trying not to be like others, trying not to be like others. You finally lock in your own style. People are like you, this is incredible. You've created something unique in the world. Then all of a sudden it's like, boom. Yep. So bigger question, if you were up there on the board of Stable Diffusion and Dream Booth. What do you think we could put into place to help artists a bit here? I think you should. And that's what they're doing right now is they're training their photos on public domain, actually approved images. The issue here is going to be the AI is not going to be good because public domain is probably way lower quality than anything else produced. So that's going to be an issue. So I think they're going to be smart by having people opt out by themselves. Um, then again, you could make the remark that, okay, if someone didn't opt out, but they actually didn't want it to happen, then they're fucked now. Then, yeah, I guess. But it's the same with donor programs. Like, do you want people to opt in to be a donor? No one's going to do it. Do you want people to opt out? Only the people who care about it will opt out of it. So you will get the people out that don't want to be inside of it. So I think they're going a correct way. Because all the artists that don't want to be trained upon, they are going to opt out now. And I think DAI is actually also going to think about that. So I think, they're doing, I think they're doing a good way. Like If they would only do opt-in, then the whole progress of AI would be fucked. Because you would never create a good AI I, I was just again. about to go there. So I was thinking that this, this conversation we're having has absolutely been said before with these very smart people at the top of these products. And they're like, okay, cool. Let's just give us a little alpha prototype of a public domain AI. And then they sat there and they looked at the results and they're like, well, no one will want this. 100%. Hey, this is AJ from Yo! Podcast Episode 1. You're already 30 minutes into this episode, so don't forget it's important to stretch and hydrate. Back to you, Rob. Your landing page for profilepicture.ai is really impressive. Thank you. You know, it's fun for me to watch from the outside, you know, all the years of your landing page hustle <laughs> distilled into your own product, eh? So what recent changes made to your landing page really made a difference? Well, I've been using the same headers for like, what is it, five to 10 years. It's always the same picture on the right, checklist, three checklist, title, subtitle, and a really good button. And it's only one call to action. It's basically like... CRO, conversion optimization 101. This is like, uh, if you distill it. Adding social influence. But this is like my whole landing page. It just goes through a checklist of influence by Robert Cialdini. If you've never read it, go read it. It will be mind changing. If you don't know marketing, this is how you're going to understand it. It's basically like you want to have the six checklists. You want to have social influence. You want to show people have been using it. You want authority, logos, uh, scars, all those kind of stuff. That's basically the combination of the landing page. Brilliant. So is there anything that you sort of added recently that surprised you? That was like, wow, this increased conversions quite a bit. I know you've been switching up the photos quite a bit. You've been getting pretty fancy with only listing the photos and the header that had the highest conversions. That was pretty smart. Every time I remove the scarcity banner, conversion rates drop. So it's, it's a really nice tactic. I used to do it with prices. But I never lie about it. That's the thing. So I always have to find a new kind of way to make a deal. So the last scarcity bar which I actually removed and I will never bring back, was buy one, get one free. Now you get f uh, 40 bonus photos, for example, which I will never bring back anymore. So those really increase the conversion rates. Showing the examples really works really well. So scarcity. I, and just back on showing the examples, I mean, we know this from the landing page game. The one, the one big one I tell people is that there's three ways to pitch your product and you can either tell them, you can get other people to tell them, which yep. is like your testimonials and so on. And the third one is you can show them. 
Oh, I, I love that list. That's a good list. And that's when you get your beautiful in-page demos. And I'm just like, you know, and obviously the best answer is all of them. If I, if I can add one extra hook on top of it, like, please, you want to show it. And then you, you want to sell the product and don't be sketchy. Don't have like all these fancy titles, fancy things. No, you want to just show a problem, present the solution and say why you are the right person to present that solution. People will buy from you. In my ebook, that's my, I think tip 100 is uh, the why. Because if you can pair like some solid reasoning why you are the person and the best person to deliver this, that is just the slam dunk. And also because people, and people forget about this when it comes to especially subscription. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to subscribe. I've got all these subscriptions. But if this person is on this like proactive war in really solving this, they're not going to ditch us. They're going to keep improving, keep yeah. improving, keep improving. Yeah, and as long as like that why keeps being stuck in the brain, like they, they have a way to convince themselves to know this is why I use that product. This is why, last jump, this is why I love really hyper-focused products because you can really put down the why. Because if you if your product is going to go bigger, like Intercom or whatever, like the, the, the why is not there anymore. The why is, oh, to communicate with your customers, blah, blah. But like if you have like a really direct why, like, okay, I create profile pictures with AI, with upload your photos. Like it's so niche. You can ex completely explain what it is in a second. The why actually creates this unlimited motivation in you which is also overlooked because if you just want to solve a problem on something you're not that passionate about and you start seeing competitors and all of a sudden, you know, with one page love, I have been doing it for, you know, 13 years and I still, I still get so excited when I see like this simple site with a beautiful demo in it. I'm like, that is so clever. That is unlimited inspiration and motivation for me. It's a battery just got topped up. Well, you made the product for yourself, right? Yeah, 100%. Like you made the product for yourself. You didn't make a product for someone else. Like it's for you. And then suddenly all these thousands of other people, like like including me, liked what you were liking for yourself. And that's the best way to get started. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna get bored of it. I see your wife, um, I think I wanna say her name, Ewitria. Yep, perfect. I see your wife has been getting involved in the Asian marketing side. You know, is there some influencer action on the on the on the cards? This is new to us. Yeah, she's killing it. This is quite funny because <laughs> she's never done any SaaS things, any software, any online products. She was the manager of a co-working space, so she's uh, she she knows how to handle a lot of things. So she was just making profile pictures for like these really big art like actresses here in Indonesia. And they were started following her and she has like a few hundred followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They were like reposting it, two million followers, this other art actor, three million followers. You got like a shit ton of visitors all from Indonesia. The issue is, dude, they don't have credit cards here. So we got like massive amount of visitors, but they don't have a way to pay. Stripe doesn't offer any payment systems. Wow. So we got lucky with a few of them that have PayPal. So yeah, that's the hard thing about the Asian markets. How are people paying? Like QR codes on vending machines and stuff? Or like, yeah, go, go pay. It's basically uh, all these super apps like WeChat, like the local WeChat, Grab, Uber, QR codes. Yeah, that's, that's how they pay. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, I buy my electricity tokens via this super app and then I go to a machine in the wall and I type like a 20-digit code and that's how I'm getting my electricity. I love it. Dude, that's exactly how I buy electricity in Africa. Really? <laughs> it's such a foreign concept for me. She was like, oh yeah, you just... Top up your uh, the app where you buy food. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, you get a code. You go outside. Do you see the thing? I was like, okay. A more macro question here. You know, when it comes to indie making, do you feel there's money on the table for indie makers teaming up with other makers in different countries? So it's like, hey, hey, there's a whole market in India. Like no one is doing profile pictures in India. What indie makers are up there to quickly help me navigate? I'm biased. I don't like partnerships because 90% of the time it's just a big mouth, big words, and they don't deliver anything. Um, so I'd rather reframe it to a way I, yeah, I should work, but probably see how you could team up with someone who, yeah, translations would probably work way better. I know that like Lenza grew really fast by hiring 30, 40 influencers in Indonesia, and then everyone was posting it on Instagram. Suddenly, like out of nowhere, we were doing it first, and then suddenly all these influencers started posting Lenza. So that's a great way to enter the market. Uh, yeah, not sure if you have to work with another indie maker, but I think, I mean, Indonesia has, what is it, 500 million people? I think there's barely, like most of them don't speak English. Like if you could make an Indo version of it and you have Indo payments, which is fucking hard to get, dude, then yeah, there's a, there's a golden opportunity. And I think this is why Lenza probably also won because Apple has the distribution of, Coats you can buy in the supermarket, top up your iPhone and you can purchase it. 
So you don't have to worry about your whole credit card system because Apple already figured it out for you. So I think that's probably how they took the world over too. So speaking of the, you know, just landing pages and so on, what what are the biggest mistakes you're seeing other indie creators make with their landing pages? Copy, like absolutely co- copywriting. Like these people, they have these amazing, amazing products, honestly, but then they write it. So this is the issue. I think and we, we got good in it because we learned how to do it, but it's really hard to market your own product because you made it, you know how to explain it, but you don't know how to market it. And you want to write this like, so this is why you should use an AI copywriter that was trained to explain it. You can just type in, hey, my product does X, Y, and Z in this IL, which just outputs how to communicate with users, put it on your landing page. You want to have your copy good. Like you don't even need a design. Just make a blank page, have a photo in the header, a title, a subtitle, and a call to action. That's enough. Wow. And I think this is like the basic. People are going to, they buy the template. They make it all look fancy, but then the copywriting is wrong. People don't understand the product. And then, yeah, you, like you lose the customers. And they're only going to stay. If they, if they don't understand the products in, in 500 milliseconds, you're gone. Such a uh, like loss for anything smart to say other than the saying, you can't polish a turd. It <laughs> 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 comes to mind, really, dude. If like you can't read like what the product does, you can't understand it. It's done, dude. I don't care how, how shiny it is. Yep. Yep. Mm. Now that was a great bit of advice. But I'll let you in on another little secret. The Yo! Podcast soundtrack is now streaming on Spotify. Just head over to robhope.com forward slash Spotify to kick off those rocking beats. Back to you, Rob. So, so we've got a question here from Sam Norris Rogers. He asks, What AI services are you using? And what is the architecture behind the recent products that you are shipping? All right. Text tech doesn't matter at all, guys. Build whatever you want. But uh, it's Nuxt.js, uh, MongoDB for the backend, uh, hosted on Heroku. Um, I tried to host all my AI stuff myself. It's hell. It's absolutely horrible. It's fine. I got it set up on my own server, working, connected and everything. But then suddenly you think, oh, but I need to scale it because AI works only single threaded. So it only runs once. You cannot just like put a few processes out of it. So just use API providers. Uh, Replicate.com, they have an amazing amount of uh, AI stuff now. Just request an AI that you saw in GitHub and they will upload it for you. Hugging Faces is really, really cool. I don't understand Hugging Faces that well, though. So I think they're more a bit on the developer side. Uh, we've been using Austria.ai for the Dreammove one. So that's a good one. The only issue is is they set the prices. So they can just increase it, decrease it. Uh, if they're out, then you're out. Yeah, you're at the mercy of them. So that's an issue. Um, but without them, I wouldn't have been able to earn the money I've earned with ProfitPicture.ai. Like, don't, don't go fancy. Once, the, one, once you validate it, then you can start building your own stuff. Just use infrastructure that's there. So use infrastructure, it, it creates speed, and then speed is your validation and your actual low investment. Okay, so you pay, you pay five times more for the, aid, for the API, but you save two, three weeks of your time while someone else could have launched. Like that time is already worth all the money. Like you don't want to go cheap on that. Second last question. You recently hired your wife, Wittria, to the team. Okay. So, you know, I am also building online. I am also recently married. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I've had this thought many times. Um, It would be great for us to, you know, have our own thing. But there's many pros and cons to hiring your wife, as I have read. Mm -hmm. And I've I've spoken to other people. So did you get a gut feel on this? You know, a certain type of person you can work with as well? Um, Or did you get some advice? I mean, there's there's multiple reasons why I thought it was a good plan for us. Uh, I live remotely, like I can I can live anywhere. I like to travel. She likes to travel, but she had a physical job. So good luck traveling if you have a physical job for six days a week. It just doesn't happen, which really annoyed me when I sold my company. She still had a job and she didn't want to. And she didn't want to work for me or whatever. So now finally she wanted to. Um, she has the opposite personality. Amazing. I'm a dreamer. She's a realist. So. I, I just always forget to do things, man. Uh, it, it, it always just flutters out of my head and she gets like angry at me. She's like, you need to do this, that, that, and that, and that today. I'm like, <laughs> so that's a good thing. But yeah, you're going to be 24-7 together. Uh, that needs to be something you like. But 
we split up sometimes. She goes to the cafe. I go to the cafe. Uh, always at home together. Um, it's been good. Three weeks. It's really fun. I, th- I like what you said about, you know, the opposite skills sort of, because that means if you're all good at the same thing, then it's probably overlap because she lets you do your department that you're really good at. Yep. And she's not going, hey, but I wouldn't actually kind of do that head any. Like, no, that's actually, that's not a good idea, mate. And you're like, hey, man, I'm, I've got flow here. And then do you, do you guys shut off in the evenings? Do you say there's no work talk past X hour? Yeah, she, the first week she woke me up at six with customer related questions because she was waking up at five every day. I was like, we're going to set some ground rules, man. <laughs> 7.30 before 7.30, you don't open live chat. After five, I don't want any live chat questions. I don't want to hear the ping of crisp in my ear. It gives me PTSD. I don't want to hear it. Oh, man. So you got to like, the first few weeks is obviously a little bit rough. Like you said, you got to set the boundaries. But now, yeah, it's good. Brilliant, dude. Great to hear it. So... Final question. Augmented reality had a viral moment with Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. And we're all thinking, oh, wow, the world around us is going to change very quickly. But it didn't really. Same thing is happening with, you know, AI. Back then, it was like, whoa, AI. And then it was like, actually, no AI. But all of a sudden, AI is ramping up very, very, very quickly. And now we have chat, GTP, and it's dropping jaws. Okay. Where is this all going, in your opinion? And wh- where, where do you think we're going to be in about 10 years? So 2033 life as an indie developer. So let's say the world is still in one piece. Taiwan hasn't been lost to China, whatever. We can still produce chips. Everything is all right. I think in 10 years, everyone will have their personal AGI, which you can just ask questions. It will form it back to you because it, it, GPUs got so cheap that you can run it in your phone, stuff like that. I think we're going to have a lot of personalized content. Like, why should you and me watch the same YouTube video like millions of others if you if videos could be one-on-one personalized towards you? I think that's going to be possible because already you can already make ARs. Why would you have a podcast that hundreds, like thousands of people listen to if this podcast could have been narrated specifically for you, for your interests, based on your Rob's voice and everything that's trained upon? Like... Maybe you want to hear about AI, but someone else wants to hear about Web3 and sort of like this thing. So I think it's more personalized with AI. I don't know about VR, dude. I don't think people like, I cannot use VR. I get sick. It feels horrible for me. Like it sucks because I love to do it, but I, I cannot be, I cannot use it. So I think AR would be cooler. You have a screen. Suddenly you put your glasses on. There's a screen here. There's a screen there, a screen there. Like why would you need to buy physical products if you can see it overlapped over you? You're still present in this world instead of present in any other world. Incredible. I don't know. It's probably, yeah, it's going to go the Ready Player One way. Like, why now are we not watching MKBHD videos um, with a Chinese audio? Like, why is he not speaking in Chinese already? Yeah, it's quite crazy, right? Like, is the tech not there yet? Like, surely I should be in China and press play, and then he's speaking to me in Chinese. Well, that's what Mr. Beast does, right? I don't know if you know that, but Mr. Beast has voice uh vocalist for voice voice people uh, voice actors does he for every country that he popular in he has spider-man in brazil and i might have botched the country he hired the voice of spider-man to do him in brazil for like his brazilian portuguese content so he has a whole team and i think he's spinning it off now this guy's brilliant he has all his videos in japanese chinese spanish portuguese german whatever but that's all done yeah, manually. Manually, yeah. I, probably in probably in five years you can automate this. There's almost a service there, dude. We, there's way too many ideas going through our heads. But uh, that is a service like MKBHD. What is he going to pay per month to translate all his videos in different? Like his market share would increase. Yep. Like it's it's worth value. There's way more advertisers on that. There's it's, you could probably charge him thousands. The English world doesn't understand that a minority of the world speaks English. An idea you had was you know give us the the curated overview of the top pack of news stories and the top product hunt. I'm just opening my eyes in the morning and like just making a coffee and and just read it to me. So yeah, man, like not everyone wants to read. I still still want to build that product. I couldn't do it because I didn't have the tag two years ago. I might be able to do it now if I have some time. Dude, the moment... You you don't sleep anymore. If if you're interested in AI and you like building companies... (laughs) Is there an offline exit for you or are you just going to let online curiosity guide you forever? We've been doing some offline things, doing some construction of houses, but it's too slow, dude. It's like you're waiting and you're waiting. And 
like I think out of this podcast summarized, Danny has probably has undiagnosed ADD. I cannot sit still. I cannot wait. I want to get things done. Yeah. And then having to wait for the government to accept my land for five years, uh, five months. Like it drives me mental, man. Like I cannot. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. Wherever you, where can people follow your journey online? Thank you so much for having me after years of talking about it. Good to be back and good to be back on your... Yeah, it's been a minute. We're back strong. Follow me on Twitter if it still exists after today. Um, on yeah, Twitter, Danny Posma with a double A at the end. Uh, that's it. That's where I build in public. I share my journey. I share what I'm building, revenue, tips, tricks, and everything. So here is a banging indie outro titled The Beach by Sonic Spark. Hoping to share a few waves with you one day, then. I would probably track you down on the surfboard because I cannot <laughs> surf. <laughs> it's too slow to learn. Yep, yeah, yeah. Pedaling for 30 minutes and then falling down. It's, it's, too, it's too slow for me, man. There's no reward. <laughs> made it this far in the podcast you are my people please email my people at robhope.com i'd like to send you something super small i also want to shout i'm at robhope on twitter and now we have a yo podcast dedicated twitter account it's at yo.fm all spelt out where i plan to share a few behind the scenes goofs okay thanks for being here take care and i'll catch you in the next one